The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of KUCI, its management, the California Board of Regents, or three-fingered saluters in Bangkok, or hashtag survived and punished folks. Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the October 20th, 2020 edition of Ask a Leader. Orange County's vote-by-mail ballots keep flying out the door toward Orange County Registrar voters. Keep it up, folks. And a reminder here to make sure you're using the official voter drop box. Today, we continue our down-ballot coverage with Irvine City Council candidates Abigail Pohl and Laura Bratton. We'll be right back. back to Ask a Leader as we resume coverage of Irvine City Council candidates on the general election ballot. I'm offering the briefest of introductions as we have a lot of policy to cover in this. All city council seats are nonpartisan. Irvine voters will be able to cast one vote for mayor and three votes for city council. Now for one of our two candidates that we're going to interview today, which starting with Abigail Pohl. Abigail Pohl is a product of San Luis Obispo upbringing. Her platform includes a veteran cemetery. She was what is known as a cast member of Disneyland. While at UCI, she worked as a Phi Sigma Rho violence intervention coordinator at UCI Care, a resident coordinator, a Camp Kesem UCI Magic Coordinator. She completed her Bachelor's of Science in Anthropology and a minor in Biosciences at UCI. She comes to us today from her home in Irvine. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Abigail Pohl. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here and talking to you. I'm really excited. Well, I, as I've said in other cases, I'm not going to pretend to be exhaustive in the policy I want to cover, but I do want to give every listener a basis for comparison with largely the same questions to all of the candidates. I will have additional candidates that I will be able to broadcast. Some of them are podcasts because of the limited time in the broadcasting slots. Well, first, Abigail Pohl, Irvine has economic recovery challenges as the COVID-19 pandemic drains resources, let's start with what are your priorities in rescuing various sectors in the city of Irvine? Uh, To begin with, the budget is an absolute complete mess. Um, The proposed budget, I I took the liberty of reading it and going through it. And even before COVID, um, the budget didn't account for the changing city. And then with COVID, even more so, there's just serious gaps that need to be fixed. One of which is most of Irvine's taxes, it seems comes from car sales, um, which is not gonna happen in the middle of a pandemic. Um, So I think what we really need to do is cut some of the fat and really buckle down on what we need as people and how to make sure that we keep our citizens safe. Um, One of the ways I think we could do that is opening a banking system here in Irvine. Um, The city spends like 12 million on overcharges um, from 
just banking at like Wells Fargo. Uh, if we opened our own bank, we could cut that in half definitely um, and make another resource for our citizens. So Abigail Paul, are there models of municipal banks that you're drawing from? Um, I am. I have been talking to a lot of economists and a lot of people who study economy, you know, at UCI and different things, trying to put together this model um, because, you know, I'm not an expert in the field of economics, but I'm, I'm really trying to see what I can do to push forward. Okay. Um, are there any other priorities in dealing with this digging out of the pandemic the situation with with the budget and and the needs that are certainly surging in all sectors yeah so like what i would like to do is i think that would really help is rezoning the city um, to increase the percentage that exists for multi-family and low-income housing to like a more robust 60 percent um, then I want the tax incentives to convince older building owners to install solar panels on their structures so that Irvine can contribute to the energy grid and then hopefully become energy independent. My goal for Irvine is that we don't have to worry about other cities. Um, we can just take care of ourselves. Um, not only that, but with that extra power and the money we would get from that, I think we could also help with the traffic problems we've been having. Um, mind you, we would have to create a, you know, fleet of green buses in line with uh, the Green New Deal. Because as we become a bigger city, we need to make sure that we are taking care of our environment. Are you familiar with the earlier attempts in the city of Irvine? I'm thinking maybe up to, goodness, 10, 12 years ago, where there was the, the bumper buses that were to sort of bridge various nodes around the city. Um, I've seen a little bit of them, but I would need to look more into them to see, you know, what was good and what needed to be improved upon as we continued forward. Okay, and you mentioned energy. It's taken Irvine a while to get back on track with groundbreaking urban environmental policy. I mean, that, that was sort of the, the, was a gold standard municipal sort of urban ordinances, but now there's a chance for the community choice energy program to be adopted within a climate action campaign. What might your role be in the creation and implementation of a climate action plan, Abigail Pohl? Um, so I am, 112% for creating a climate action plan, um, partly because I am one of the people that lives here in this beautiful city and I want to continue maintaining the wonderful quality of the environment we have. I did classes you know, with Peter Bowler where he took us to the marsh and explained all the wonderful inhabitants there. And I fell in love with the wildlife that we have here. And I wanna make sure that's protected for future generations. Um, so not only that, but making sure that our bike paths and our walking trails also are maintained and upkept and expanded. And the Community Choice Energy Project that was under consideration, that was sort of going to be Irvine leading municipalities around Orange County. What is your thought about relaunching, resuming the, the movement of the consideration of the Community Choice Energy Project? I would love that. You know, I, I think it's really important that our citizens are able to decide, you know, where their power comes from and 
we are creating a system in which our citizens are able to get the best prices for power as well, while maintaining that relationship with the environment and making sure that we are responsible for what we are taking and making sure that we are also upkeeping as well. For those of you who've just joined us, you're listening to Ask a Leader here on Radio KUCI, and I'm interviewing Irvine City Council candidate and UCI researcher, Abigail Pohl. So the housing stock, you mentioned a bit about rezoning. There's been a good deal of discussion about the master plan. So the rezoning for uh, adding more housing stock into the city of Irvine, what is your sort of plan to revise the general plan for uh, that rezoning step? I really love the master plan with all like the little Irvine villages and making sure everyone in each community has access to different amenities. Um, I just think that as we do that forward, we need to make sure that the housing does take care of more people and making sure that we get more low income and uh, multi-family housing units. Um, I mean, as a student, I struggled with housing insecurity and I would love one day to not have any other students struggle with that. Um, so I would love to keep the village model where we make sure everyone has access to the different resources around Irvine, um, but just make it just a bit bigger when it comes to the housing. Well, it's a it's an enormous effort, uh, the general plans, and it's uh, um, it's it's a, a very multi-phased kind of process for public contributions and all that. I, I, I don't know if there is a, a means how you would expedite the coverage of public contributions to get the housing stock available as it is needed so immediately right now with this pandemic opening up the, the need. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're living in unconventional times and unconventional times come call for unconventional answers. Um, so I think it's just, I, I'm not afraid of work, you know? So I think it'll just be putting nose to the grindstone and working and talking and going as hard as you can to get the needs of the people met. So Abigail Pohl, what is the appropriate type of funding for public security on the municipal level. Talk about your priorities in the Irvine public safety budget. Well, I think there is a lot of, how do I say? I think there is a lot of overexpending in, when it comes to um, public safety and when it comes to government officials. Um, I think one of the ways that we could stop this is making sure we limit overtime, um, especially, and with that limit of overtime, making it so that we could use that money and put it towards different resources like social workers um, or uh, mental health services that would further serve the community. Um, without subtracting from being, you know, the safest, one of the safest biggest cities. Well, I, this sort of begs a question since I, I attended a webinar presented by the law school yesterday and, 
And it's kind of amazing that the brain trust of available at the UCI campus that has, I mean, I don't, I don't mean the ivory tower part of the brain trust. I mean about the real sort of active applied kind of work done at UC Irvine. And there's a lot that can be contributed in dealing with this public safety budget and how to address domestic violence and other kinds of, of security issues. And I, I don't know if you, with your connections with, I mean, you're really, your deep connections with UC Irvine and in your capacity as a municipal leader, you could draw on what kind of earnest enterprises that the various policy recommendations from schools around the, at, the, at UCI's law school, the social ecology and school of social sciences, what would you see as an opportunity there, Abigail Pohl? I think we have one of the best research facilities, you know, in California, let alone the US, and it is being underutilized. Um, I can't say I'm an expert in many different fields, but we have experts that live next door. You know, we should be using those resources and having the school help build this city. You know, I mean, Irvine is, we, we could already be a leader in green energy for this city if we had already talked to UCI. Um, I know from personal experience that UCI has reached out to the council a couple different times and they haven't been heard. Um, and they, it feels like they haven't been listened to. And so I think bridging that gap and making more connections and using the resources available to the city would help exponentially. I totally think that you're right in that regard. So what then as in taking this a little further, using the public safety budget as an, a sector of interest is how would you in, with your sort of political profile, your political philosophy, how would you navigate, let's say, what the uh, existing city council composition, how would you navigate uh, sort of pushing off the kind of the dogma that seems to be the mainstay of how business is transacted at the city council? How, would, how effective, how would you make yourself being effective in presenting some more progressive, with a small p, uh, measures in making the city safer, more civilized? I think the act of having a former student just run is already making waves in the city council. It's giving some sort of accountability um, that there are students that live here and they wanna stay in this city and thrive and it's not happening. So I think just having somebody who is wants to build those connections and is um, in love with UCI would help that because having that representation I think is very important. Um, not only that, but I would hope that when I get to the council, I would be able to work with the other council members um, because in the end, you know, you do need that teamwork to get everything uh, passed and progressed forward. But I think just having somebody who really does have a passion to speak for 
you know, all the, all the citizens of Irvine, including the students would be monumental. So with, uh, I'm, I'm asking all of the municipal candidates, I'm just handpicking the, uh, a few propositions that would deal with municipal budgets and priorities that I'd like to know what your position is. It's the, I called it the lightning round the first, the <laughs> first time. I, so I would like to know, Abigail Pohl, what is your position on Proposition 15? Proposition 15 is, one second, let, I have like a list of things where I wrote down uh, uh, my position on Prop 15. Um, from my understanding, Prop 15 would make it so that corporations do not get the same tax breaks um, that people do when it comes to property, um, which I think is very good. I do not think a corporation is a person, and I do not believe that a corporation should have the same incentives that um, people do when they're trying to build a home for themselves. So your position is? Um, so I believe my position would be uh, sorry, I'm the wording is very hard. So I believe it is a I know because, oh wait, no, wait, no, sorry. It would be a yes, because that means that the corporations would not get those tax breaks. And Abigail Paul, how about Proposition 19 that allows homeowners who are over 55, they can carry their, uh, their exemption for increasing their property taxes to the current rates that, that, that they can use that exemption several times as opposed to the one time only in the status quo. Oh, that's a wholeheartedly yes for me. Um, I think that we need to make sure we're protecting all of our citizens at any age. And you know, it, it gets harder the older you get to move and do different things. So I wanna make sure that they're protected and you know, they can do what they need to do. And finally, what is your position that Irvine City Council members representing special districts instead of at large, uh, as, which is the case right now. All of you candidates are running at large. What is your position on creating special districts for voters in Irvine to vote for council members? I am actually against the creation of special districts. Um, I do believe that Irvine, as it is a large city, needs at least double the city council members it currently has. Um, that way we have enough people um, who are able to talk about all the different issues um, that are facing the city. But the reason I'm against the special districts um, is because then you get, you know, one or two districts that because they have X, Y, or Z resources um, become more powerful or more quote unquote important. Um, and thus, you know, those are the districts that would get like, you know, like, to be fixed first or the new resources. And I don't think that's right. I wanna make sure that as we go forward, all the city council members continue to serve all the citizens of Irvine, not just like their small section. So as you are campaigning at large, what are you finding out from constituents in, or in the city of Irvine of concerns? Um, I'm finding out that, you know, I think a lot of people 
I are angry, you know, and I think a lot of people are hurt that they do not feel like they've been listened to, which I think is the heart of most of the issues, you know, I'm running on um, is because there doesn't seem to be somebody who listens to what the concerns are um, and then, you know, fights for people. Um, I know I saw, you know, with the boarding house ordinances a couple years ago, all the students came and talked to the city council and were, you know, citing statistics and surveys and wanting to tell the city council that like, hey, like this is gonna be the effect of this ordinance. And instead of, you know, a kind ear and the agreement to listen and move forward together, you know, we were rebuked and it was unfortunate. And going forward again, even last year, the students LGBTQIA plus came together and asked for the plaid flag to be flown and it wasn't. Um, which again, you know, hurt because we went forward and are trying to make it so that we're working with the city council and it didn't work. Um, and this year, you know, I'm really, really happy to see that the pride flag did get flown. Um, but that leads to serious questions of, is this growth or is this pandering? And I hope that it's growth because I want everyone to improve and become better people. Um, but it's scary to think that now this type of policy is the cool thing. And as soon as it isn't, there's gonna be more, you know, backtracking, um, which could be completely devastating. So we know a little bit more about you, Abigail Pohl. Can you tell us a bit about who's endorsing you in your candidacy for the Irvine City Council? Um, well, I am a completely people-funded campaign. Um, it is literally just me and some friends who think that things need to change, knocking on doors, and that's about it. I don't currently have any real endorsements from anybody, um, but I hope moving forward I can get some. That'd be pretty great. And uh, how can, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I have worked with organizations such as like the Black Student Union on campus, making sure that I contacted them and asked like what they needed going forward, like as people living in the city of Irvine, I've contacted like the like UCI for COLA um, and different organizations to make sure as I move forward, I'm creating policy and positions that help. And the, the, the UCI COLA, I've had them on, earlier this year, I think it was in June, and that that does cut through a lot of different sectors of labor, housing, and all kinds of things. So that's, that's bringing up a lot. Of things. So I'd like to know, you could tell our listeners, Abigail Pohl, where, how people can follow you, and if there are any kinds of virtual or physically distant, some kinds of, of events for your campaign and with our less than three weeks stretch here, two weeks at the time that this will go to broadcast. Awesome. So uh, my email is abigail, A-B-I-G-A-I-L dot K dot poll 20 at gmail.com. Feel free to send me an email at any time. Uh, my phone number is 949-202-5691. Um, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, go ahead and send me an email or um, call me. I'd be happy to talk to you. Um, not only that, but I have a website, Abby for Irvine, and that just kind of lays out my policy and how and why I'm doing things um, as I go forward. And um, I would love to have any sort of virtual meeting with you or anyone else. Um, 
going forward. And I just thank you for your time and reaching out to me. Are there any planned events, Abigail Pohl? Um, there are no planned events uh, as of right now, um, just because I am working very hard um, just in my normal job and trying to do this that I don't have the ability to do said events yet. Okay, well, I do really thank you. I, as I say always, my listeners hear this, it's a very, very standard refrain. It's an earnest one. I thank all candidates for the public service of running for elected office. Thank you for that. And thank you, Abigail Pohl, for your time today on Ask a Leader. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And it's been wonderful talking to you. My guest was Abigail Pohl, Irvine City Council candidate and UCI researcher. Thanks again. We'll be right back with Irvine City Council candidate, Laura Bratton. Don't go away. Welcome back to Ask a Leader. My next guest is Irvine City Council candidate, Laura Bratton. She is a former business owner and currently is a family manager. Laura Bratton completed her bachelor's degree in computer information systems at DeVry University, a master's in general psychology at Purdue University, and is working toward a master's degree in marriage therapy and counseling at Capella University. If women, aiming for higher elected or appointed positions are breaking the glass ceiling, Laura Bratton's history making aspirations in Irvine might be considered knocking down the beige wall. She comes to us today from her home in Irvine. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Laura Bratton. Thank you for having me here. I am so excited. Well, I would like to ask you, as I've asked all and will continue to ask other Irvine City Council candidates, the same policy questions for a good basis of comparison for our listeners. First, Irvine has economic recovery challenges as the COVID-19 pandemic drains resources. So let's start with, with what we have in the reserves to work with and what are your priorities with rescuing various sectors in the city of Irvine, Laura Bratton. Um, sectors as far as global and in air and all that, you know, in, when I, yes. Sorry. yes, when I first moved here, Irvine, our, the air was beautiful, beautiful. And I have allergies and I didn't experience my allergies in Irvine when I first came here. But throughout the years, now I have to have a purifier in my home for me to be able to not cough for me to be able to not sneeze. And because of that, you know, that's a major problem and we have to look at it. You know, we have these parks here, we have these parks and all these trees to make sure that the residents of Irvine, that we have clean air. And because of what's been going on these several years, actually with all this construction, you know, it's been a major issue. I am for growth, but I am for growth that is smart. We need to have smart growth, not overgrowing because we all moved to Irvine because we didn't have all the, 
yes, we all love technology, but we moved to Irvine because we didn't have all that traffic. We moved to Irvine because of the school district, because of the clean air, because of the parks. And we need to get back to that. So are there any other parts of the budget that COVID-19 has impacted that you are concerned about, Laura Bratton? Well, you know, COVID is, we need to, we should discuss it. And it is a major part of what's going on in the society right now. But at the end of the day, COVID is new to everyone, to all the politicians, to all the states. So we have to be real with that. And we have to bring awareness to the community to let them know, wear a mask. I don't care if you're for Trump. I don't care if you're for Biden. It doesn't matter. We should all respect each other. And respecting each other is wearing a mask, regardless of whose side that we're on. I am for the side that's gonna be the best fit for Irvine at the end of the day. So it's taken a while. Um, Irvine uh, is trying to, for Irvine to get back on track with the groundbreaking urban environmental policies. There, there was a legacy of phenomenal ordinances that were adopted years ago. Now we have the community choice energy with the help from the Climate Action Campaign. Laura Bratton, what might your role be in creating and implementing the Climate Action Plan and getting the energy choice, the community choice energy project underway? You know, I can sit up here and say, yes, we need to recycle. You know, we have to, you know, uh, solar, you know, in our home, solar panels, all those things. And all those things are true. Those are things that we have to do globally. But at the end of the day, when I moved to Irvine, we did not have those issues. And we have these issues now because we are overbuilding. We're having these issues now because of the beautiful parts that Irvine has allotted us. We don't, we're, we're, we're not feeling the significance of those parts being here. And I feel as though, yes, we do need to build more parks. Irvine used to have a lot of open space. I enjoyed having that open space. I really, really did. I also, I, I, I am for growth. We all have to grow as individuals, as well as cities and communities. We all should grow. You know, that's what life is about, is learning from our mistakes and growing from them. And right now, I feel as though Irvine should take a step back to see what direction that we want to go to. Do we want to stay at a community with 300,000 plus and kind of just leave it there? Or do we want to be a community worth almost a million? And we all, we have to brainstorm, you know, and I'm not going to sit up here and say that I know everything because I don't. I have to get into office to see what's been going on because there's a lot of things that have already been implemented that the residents of Irvine, we don't like. And at the end of the day, I am a public servant. And as a public servant, I have to have an open door policy on what the residents want in Irvine. And that's everybody, not just a certain part of the community in Irvine, everyone. And right now what's going on, it's affecting everyone. So I think that Irvine, we need to take a step back to see what direction we want the community to go in. And the residents of Irvine, from what people email me all the time, they don't want all this overbuilding. We have to do it smart. You know, I'm, I'm for, like I said, I'm for growth, but we have to grow 
the right way. We have to grow in a better way. So that's what I'm for. I am for the community. I am a public servant. So at the end of the day, I have to see what the people of Irvine want and act accordingly. So the Community Choice Energy Project, uh, it had stalled on the city council. It was well underway. There's a, a timeline to meet various goals in this undertaking, like what has been experienced in San Diego County, the city of San Diego, mm -hmm. and in Northern California, mm -hmm. and Irvine's adoption of a community choice energy program was going to be leading the way for other municipalities in the county to adopt a similar program. So I, and, and residents had weighed in about this, but it was stalled. So how do you see, what do you, would you bring to the city council to navigate the kind of cleavage about people with other agendas that are undermining adoption of the community choice energy program? Number one, we need to not need to know. Number one, the city of Irvine, the people of Irvine do not want all this overbuilding, all this office space. I was reading an article the other day and it said, Irvine allocates 1% to apartment homes. I'm, I'm sorry, one third percent to apartment homes, another one third percent to office space and another 30% to open space and, and, um, and parks. I live in Irvine, I don't see that. I saw that 10 years ago, but I don't see it now. Irvine is overbuilding all this office space, this uh, uh, asphalt company that came into Irvine that's polluting the community. Those things need to be addressed, but not only do they need to be addressed because that's the issue because things are, are, are addressed, but they're not doing anything about it. We need someone in city council that's gonna do something about it. We need someone in city council that's not gonna go with the majority rule. We need someone in city council because it's only five of us that can say no. The residents of Irvine want it this way and this is how we're gonna do it. Because oftentimes we vote people in because they give us all this rhetoric about what they're gonna do and once they get in there, guess what? They're not doing what the people want. They're doing what big corporate ones. And to me, that's the major problem. It's very simple. I can use all these big words and talk about this company and that company. At the end of the day, I am for the people of Irvine because I live in Irvine. I raised my child here. Me and my husband are still here. My kids are still here. And we have to do something about it and we have to do something smart about it. And doing something smart about it is having a meeting with everybody to see what's going on because we have to be keep it real because certain things are already implemented and what we can pull back on and what we can stop and that's why i'm here for those of you who've just joined us let me reintroduce my guest she is laura bratton family manager and running for the irvine city council we will have three choices to vote for city council candidates on this november 3rd 2020 general election ballot. So what, Laura Bratton, is the appropriate type of funding for public security on the municipal level? Talk about your priorities in the Irvine public safety budget. Okay, my priorities, of course, COVID. Of COVID, everybody is dealing with it. I don't understand why the news is kind of gearing it towards one population. We are all dealing with COVID. A lot of people that I talk to, they've had family members 
that caught COVID. Some of them have passed, including, including family members, you know, in, in my family. And mm. at the end of the day, we have to be aware of everything. We have to wear masks. And, you know, how I feel about, you know, there's other issues. Yes, we need police accountability. Let's be real with that. Because what's been going on throughout the world, guess what, folks? It's in Irvine as well. And we cannot sweep it under the rug anymore. What's going on with our air, we can't sweep it under the rug anymore. We need to do something about it. Like I said, I am for growth, but I am for responsible growth as long as it's not affecting the citizens of Irvine because this is where I'm at. At the same time, we have a homeless population that all of a sudden came to Irvine. We can't keep on sweeping that under the rug. Mental health is a major issue. We have to do something about that. And at the same time, we need to have a bipartisan city council not a city council that's just going to keep on voting for big corporate and big corporate is big corporate America. No, 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 no. City council, this is local. We can vote for the president. We need to vote for the president. We need to vote for everyone else. Yes. But the things that affect us locally is dealing with our city council and our mayor. And we have to have good people in there and it needs to be bipartisan across the board. And this is why I'm running right now, because right now is the time, because now people are listening, whereas before people weren't listening the way they were, the way they were, but they're listening now. This is a major issue that we have to address and not only address, because that's one of my issues. We have these roundtables and we have these discussions in these town halls, and then there's nothing being done. And that's why I'm running right now. Because no, something is going to be done on my watch, period. I am here for the people of Irvine. I am here because of my daughter, my, my, my son, myself, my husband, and everyone else. Certain issues affect us directly and those things need to stop now. The people of Irvine are smart. You guys know what's been going on. Let's be real. You know what's going on. It's time for it to change. And not just change, because we can all change, but we need a better change. We need a not just a, a solution, we need a better solution to make sure that we're all breathing clean air, to make sure that the homeless population, we're doing things effectively and efficiently because mental health is here. And drawing on that, on your mental health credentials in yep. your in your education, your training, yep. is what would that bring to a reconsideration of the Irvine public safety budget, Laura when, Bratton? When police officers come out to certain situations, there should be a social worker there. So it's not a hostile environment. A social worker and people of psychology are trained in these areas. Police officers, what they took one course on it, which is fine, and I, I am for the police. Don't think that I'm not. If something happened to me, my kids, my husband, or my home, I'm going to call Irvine PD. Irvine police PD. I like Irvine PD. Uh, Irvine PD. I love them. I really, really do. But at the same time, we need to take stress out of the situation where the police officers they have no clue about. But a social worker coming out with the police to kind of that can defuse the situation, that's what we need. 
because all these chokeholds are, are, are bringing certain um, characteristics to a situation that is unwarranted, those things need to stop. It should have stopped 40 years ago and it didn't. It should have stopped in 1968 when Martin Luther King died, but it didn't. But it needs to stop right now because what these young kids have done in these past six months is remarkable and I commend you. So I'm asking for positions of candidates down uh, up, up <laughs> different portions of the ballot and uh, sort of like I call it the lightning oh, round, but okay. what is your position on Proposition 15? Increasing funding sources for public schools and readjusting how commercial property is evaluated in the state of California. Um, actually, where I'm at on it, I need to be in office to see exactly what is going on with the proposition. And right now where I stand, you know, once I read upon it, 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 it's hurting minority owned businesses. And if anything is hurting, I don't care if it's a minority owned business, excuse me, a minority owned business or just a business in general, I'm not for that prop. I am for everyone. I am for we the people. I am for we the people. We need to speak up and say no more. We are tired. And Proposition 19 is also related to property taxes. It gives seniors and a, a, a several exemptions, 55-year-olds and older, an opportunity to carry their, their property tax exemption oh, yeah. uh, several times. What is your position on Proposition 19? I say that because of how it could influence municipal budgets. Yeah, you know, based on it, and I, and I just want people to know, me going into office, we still have to research props just like you guys have to research props. Absolutely. Let's, let's be real with that. Um, but as far as Proposition 19, I have no problem with that. I really don't. I, okay. I, I don't even tell you that. And the other item is that I'm asking all candidates, this is the Irvine, Irvine City Council members, do you support them representing special districts instead of the current situations where all the candidates are running at large? You know, one of my friends asked me this question and before I was for five people and then they had to bring to my attention, Irvine has grown. It has grown tremendously. We need more people in there. Because I don't, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't want any neighborhood to be discounted because there's only five people in city council. And um, as far as the districts thing, you know, it, that's, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not for that. I, I, I think that, you know what, we probably do need more people in city council so we can cover all of Irvine because Irvine has grown so much. Five people, we have the mayor and four city council members. We have over 300,000 people in Irvine right now. So I am for having more people in city council, but at the same time, five people, nine people, seven people, we still need an ethics board because people will say what they wanna to say to get into office. And if they are not hold accountable, They'll do what they want to do. So I am for us if people, if the city, the, I'm sorry, the residents of Irvine want to have more than five people, which I understand why, and we should, 
because and the special districts that's what i was getting yeah. at too though D yes. that that maps yes. out exactly where they represent portions exactly. of the city and what is your position on special districts special i have no problem with special districts what i want is for the residents of irvine to be happy with city council is doing and right now i just don't feel as though the citizens of irvine are happy with what's going on right now. And based on, and people email me all the time and no one has emailed me up until this right now, until this question said anything about the district. They have emailed me on saying, hey, Laura, we need more people in there because Irvine is growing. And we need to make sure that the people that live by the Great Park, as well as the people that live past the five freeway are being heard. So if we need to have districting or if we need to have uh, more people in city council to make sure that all the residents are being heard, that's what I'm for. Because no one should be left behind, period. So Laura Bratton, with the drama on the national level, it's, <laughs> it's intensifying. It's intensified since the last time I asked city council candidates mm -hmm. uh, several weeks ago. It's a dozen statewide propositions are on the ballot. It's going to be really hard to get eyeballs on municipal elections on the, the ballot. How, Laura Bratton, are you promoting down ticket ballot participation? Down ticket ballot participation? You mean the ballots that are going into these boxes that aren't going to be counted? How are you promoting voters to vote all the way down their ticket to the local elections. Every, you know what, everybody, I'm an African-American female. So my people fought, got killed, dogs bit them, went to jail for me to have the right to vote. Everybody should vote. Your vote, it, it's heard. Please vote. Even if, it, I don't care who you're voting for, your vote is recognized. Your vote is counted. Please vote. Everybody should vote. Everybody has the right to vote as an American citizen, and we should all vote if we are over the age of 18. I encourage my, my daughter, I encourage her to vote. I've always encouraged her to vote. Once she turns 18, you have the right to vote as well as everyone else, and you should utilize that. Because the only way things are going to be effective is either we push people out or we keep people in or we get good people in there. And everybody's vote counts from the college students, from the senior, from the senior citizens and everybody else in between. So who are your endorsements for your candidacy, Laura Bratton? I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I don't care about endorsements. People can say this person endorsed me, that person endorsed me. That means nothing to me. I am for we the people. So we the people are endorsing me. The people that email me, the people that hit me up on my Facebook, the people that leave me messages on my IG, the people that call me and say, Laura, this is my situation. What do you think about that? So my endorsers are we the people and that's who I stand for. And how Laura Bratton can listeners follow you and do you have any kinds of events at the we're taping this program today on October 16th mm -hmm. and at the broadcast there will only be two weeks remaining what kinds of events will you be planning for people to engage with you and how can they follow you well right now because of COVID I am for everyone's safety everyone's safety I don't care what it is 
I am for everyone's safety. Even when I leave my home, I only leave my home when I have to leave my home because I don't want anyone spreading it. No one at all. So what I can do for me, the people, my email address is Laura Bratton, the number one at gmail.com. I have an open door policy. And what I can do for me, the people, once I am elected, is do what the residents of Irvine want me to do. I can sit up here and have all these fun, do everything that the other candidates are doing. But a lot of people have a track record of doing all these things. And once they went to office, we all know what happened. We all know. So what I can do for my community is run for city council and make a change. And not just a change, a better change to make it better for our kids, ourselves, and our kids' kids. So that's what I'm doing. I'm running for city council. That's how I'm making the difference. So we're not sitting up here voting on things for big corporate America. I'm voting on things for what the city of Irvine wants me to vote on. That's what I can do. That's what I'm doing for my community. Well, I thank you very much both for being a candidate running for elected office, that is a huge public service all candidates mm -hmm. give the public. And I wanna thank you for your time today at Ask a Leader, Laura Bratton. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate everybody listening. And just know a vote for Laura Bratton is a vote for a better change. Your vote for Laura is a vote for a better change. And I thank everybody for listening. If anyone, wants to talk to me about anything or if they have any concerns based on what I said, please email me. Politicians, we're not right about everything. We need to know what you guys want. At least I want to know what the city of Irvine wants. Not just, okay, I'm going to get an office and once I get an office and and, and once, you know, bills and, and certain things come my way, I'm just going to prove it, prove it, prove it. No, we, we need to know what the residents want. And that's what I'm for. I'm for the people of Irvine. I am for we the people, and that's everyone, not just a certain sector, but everyone. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I come to you humbly saying thank you so much. I appreciate you. My guest was family manager and Irvine City Council candidate, Laura Bratton. We have the opportunity to vote for three city council candidates in Irvine. They are all nonpartisan races. Thanks again. Thank you. I'm posting podcasts on my website, askaleader.com, additional candidate interviews, which I unfortunately won't have sufficient time to broadcast before the 11-13 election. I interview Irvine City Council candidates Diana Jiang and Christina Dillard, as well as Ryan Dack, candidate running for the governing board member, trustee area six, of the South Orange County Community College District. Well, that was my wrap. Next week is Jordan Wood speaking as an official surrogate for Congresswoman Katie Porter from our California 45th Congressional District. For the other segment, hope I hear back from Diane Dixon running in the California 74th Assembly District. Talk with you next week. Thank you for listening, everyone. Masks? On the way to your ballot drop box, your takeout, or out walking your preferred animal.